أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد الأئمة والمهديين وسلم تسليما First John in the Gospels in First John chapter 3 verse 12 it states And we shall not resemble Cain, who was a child of the evil one and who murdered his own brother. Right there in the Gospels, it is evident that the father of Cain was Satan, and it was nobody other than Satan. For if he was a child of Adam, it would have said, and we shall not resemble Cain, who was a child of Adam. But instead it states the evil one. We spoke about in the first chapter of the goal of the wise, the whole concept of these two bloodlines that are on the planet existing at the same time. From the time of Adam until now. And that is the bloodline of Adam and everybody whose origin goes back to Adam. And then the second evil bloodline of these people who their father is actually Satan and that they're not human beings, but rather they're the children of Cain. In the second chapter of the book, we're going to discuss the second covenant with God, which was the covenant which was established by, with Noah. In the second covenant, we have the story of Noah. And he was a prophet who was foretold to come by Adam. He was the savior from the family of Adam. The one whom Adam had promised would come and be a relief for all the children of Adam. And it would be in his time that all of the children of Satan are wiped out of, out of the earth. And it would be in his time that justice and equity would be established all over the earth. And tyranny and oppression would go away. He was mentioned by name in the will of Adam. So therefore we see that Noah is divinely appointed by Adam. And in fact, when he does come to his people, he identifies himself and claims to be that promised savior who was mentioned by name in the will of the prophet Adam. And Noah, just like Adam, uh, was extremely wise and was taught by God knowledge, which he demonstrated in that time. And he also called towards the supremacy of God, just like Adam. He rejected the rule of the children of Cain and he preached against them. And that often got him into a lot of trouble. The narrations of the Ahl al-Bayt mention that the children of Cain used to attack Noah and leave him unconscious, bleeding from his ear for days. The narrations of the Ahl al-Bayt mention that he preached for 950 years as is recorded in the Holy Quran and that his people during all those years, uh, nobody followed him but a few. And the majority of the people put their 
fingers in their ears and they blocked hearing the call and they mocked him and they said, we don't see anybody convinced with your dawah, with your call except to the most wretched of our society. The rejects, the poor, the illiterate. But yet we find that Noah was a prophet with the utmost determination. He was extremely determined. No matter what mockery he faced, no matter what violence he faced, no matter the fact that he often faced death or imprisonment at the hands of the children of Cain, he never gave up. And he continued to preach and preach and preach until the day that the flood came. Noah informed the believers that were with him and he managed to uh, get a, a group of believers, about 70 in number, after all of those years, to follow him. And he told them one day that God has instructed me to build an ark. And he informed them of, of a flood which was to come. Noah, when the believers asked him, when is this flood going to happen? He said, God has informed me to give you the following sign. And he took a palm tree seed. And he said, I'm going to plant this in the earth. When it becomes a full tree, and this full tree gives its first fruit, then will be the time of the flood. And that's exactly what he did. He planted it. And the believers were looking forward to that day. And they would often pray to God to hasten the relief. And they waited and they waited and they waited and they celebrated the day when that palm tree became a full tree. And the day when it gave its first fruit. And they awaited. And on that day, Noah gathered all of the believers and he stood in front of them and he said, God has given me a revelation just now and God has informed me that I must plant a second palm tree seed and when this second palm tree seed grows and becomes a full palm tree and when it gives its full fruit that will be the time when the flood happens Immediately upon hearing that, his followers broke down into three different groups. A group that remained and had faith, strong faith, and they weren't shaken by this revelation. A group that was in doubt. They didn't know what to think. It was shocking to them. And another group that totally disbelieved. And they said to one another, if Noah was a true prophet, then the flood would have came. And the fact that the flood didn't come and he's given us this uh, sorry excuse means that he's taken us for a fool. And he's lying to us. So they considered that the punishment coming on time, as he had promised, to be a sign on whether or not he was truthful or untruthful. And they disbelieved, because obviously his promise didn't come to pass as promised. The people that were confused, they didn't know how to judge Noah. 
they thought, okay, well, maybe, maybe he, it really was a revelation and something happened, but we don't know how to explain it. And, and maybe he's lying. We're not really sure right now. And then another group of people, they said, you know what? This guy came, he claimed the will. He demonstrated knowledge. He's been calling to the supremacy of God. The same, the same things that we knew our father Adam by and every other prophet between Adam and between now and now. And for that reason, we must believe. And they remained faithful, sticking to him. Well, the narration states that the second tree grew and it gave its fruit. And the same thing happened. Gabriel comes down with a revelation upon Noah. Noah has to go back to his people one more time, a third time, a, sec a second time now, and tell them that the promise has been delayed and that he has to yet put a new seed into the ground. And when that new seed becomes a palm tree and gives its fruit, then will be the relief. Then will come the flood. And the hadith says that the same thing continued to happen ten times. With every time that it happened, the followers that were following Noah at that time breaking down into three groups. A group that was shaken to its core and they said, you know what, this is way too many times now. Um, you know, I believed him the first time, I believed him the second time, but I mean, ten times, I'm, I'm out. It's over. A group that was shaky and a group that had faith until it came to that very last time. The very last time, the number had went from 70-something all the way down to eight individuals. And they said to Noah then, Noah, we don't care if the flood happens or it doesn't happen. We believe you and we shall not belie you. And it was these words that made God Almighty cause the flood to come down in the relief. And it was on that tenth time that the promise of God was delivered. Now, this is an extremely dangerous story and an important story because what the story essentially teaches us that even if in the apparent, the prophecy or the or the warning or the words of the prophet doesn't come to pass in the way that we expect it to come to pass, we can't use that as, a, as an excuse to disbelieve or to belie that prophet. And we have similar hadith from the Ahl Bayt which state that if we say something about a man, but it's not in that man, but it's in his son or his son's son, then do not belie it. And as we saw in the narration of Noah, and as was pointed out by uh, Brother Mahmoud earlier when we were discussing, the promise of Noah was delayed. Not in, and it didn't happen in that seed, that first seed. And it wasn't in the seed's seed, but in the seeds, 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 ten generations down. Now, who were these individuals that held on tight to the will and held on tight to the law of knowing the proof of God? Those eight individuals are mentioned in the hadith of the Ahlul Bayt, the hadith of the Ahlul Bayt mentioned that they were eight 
And the Quran and the, the Gospels mention that uh, Noah was commanded to go on the ark with his family. And the Bible mentions by name that those individuals were Noah and his wife and his three sons and the three wives of those three sons. And yet the Quran mentions a story in which when it was at the final hour, as Noah was attempting to get his whole family onto the ark, and it was almost time for takeoff, he allows his wife to go on. He allows his children to go on. He allows the wives of the children to go on. There seems to be another son who's refusing to go on. And Noah doesn't want to take off until that son comes, and he's calling out for his son to board. But his son is saying, no, I'm not going to ride. I'm going to take refuge with this mountain. And then the inspiration comes down from God to Noah. And he says, he is not your son. He is an unrighteous deed. These scholars have differed in trying to explain what does this mean when God told Noah that the son that refused to board the ark, the ark of salvation, who was that? They differ in what the meaning of that is. Some scholars, most scholars say, oh, he just differed with his father in regards to their faith. But there's a narration from the Ahl Bayt which interprets the verse from the Quran, which states that God has struck an example of disbelievers in the wife of Noah and the wife of Lot. Both of them were under the care of our righteous servants, but they betrayed them. And the Imam Abu Jafar states, by Allah, Nothing was meant by betrayal except marital betrayal. Meaning that they, they cheated on their, their husbands. So the wife of Noah and the wife of Lot, their betrayal was literal. And so when God was telling Noah, this is not your son, he literally meant that it was not his son. Don't ask about that, which if you know the truth of it, shall harm you. Now, when we look into uh, narrations and we try to find out more information about the wife of Noah, we come across some writings that was found in Nagah Hammadi in Egypt. And it basically identifies the wife of Noah as a woman whose name was Noria. And it states in there an extremely interesting story. It says that Noria had, when she heard that there was going to be a flood, 
The first time that Noah built the ark, she attempted to get on the ark. But Noah forbid her from doing so. And out of fear, out of anger, she decided to burn down the whole ark. And then it states that Noah and his companions, they built the ark a second time. And she attempted to board it a second time. And upon refusal, him refusing that she boards, she burns it down a second time. And so now the picture becomes clear. When we take this scripture from the Nega Hammadi writings, and we take this narration about the seed and how many times it had to be buried and become a, a tree seed from again, we can see a palm tree from again, we can see clearly that what was happening is that no one his companions were building an ark. His wife, who was unrighteous and a traitor, and who Noah suspected that she was a traitor and for sure knew that she was unrighteous, or else why would he try to prevent her from boarding into the ark? Burnt down the ark. And so it necessitated a delay in the fulfillment of the prophecy. It necessitated that they rebuild the ark from anew. It necessitated that he takes the palm tree, takes a new palm, uh, palm seed and, and plant it into the ground and wait until it becomes a new palm tree. Some people might say, what are you talking about? Uh, Noah's, Noah's wife in the Quran, she's mentioned as being unrighteous. Why would she even be allowed on the ark? And the answer to that is simple, because she's Noah's wife. And because she kept burning down the ark. If he didn't allow her on the ark, she was going to be persistent and burn it down again. And there would be no ark. It is very well known and proven in the Gospels that not only did the wife of Noah get on the ark, but also the wife of Lot was allowed to leave. When the punishment came down, even though Lot's wife was also a non-believer and she was also unrighteous and she was also a traitor, God allowed for her to exit her and her children with Lot from the city, but he tells her, don't look back. If you look back, you're going to be destroyed. And Lot's wife, after they get out of the city and they escape the punishment, she looks back and she is destroyed and she's turned into a pillar of salt. And we find that the same thing happens with Noah's wife, but after the ark lands and a new world begins. And so the ark takes off with Noah and his wife, Nuria, and their children. And the earth is flooded. And upon the ark are all kinds of animals. And the flood eventually settles. Noah comes out. And God establishes a new covenant with Noah. And we find that there is a new sign of the covenant. In the first covenant, the sign of the covenant was the tree, which Adam was forbidden from approaching. In this new covenant, in the book of Genesis, God makes a rainbow appear in the sky. And he says that this shall be a sign of our covenant. Wherever you see this rainbow, 
It is a reminder for the people of the earth that I shall never destroy the earth once again by means of flood or water. God gives the second Adam, Noah, the same commandment as the first Adam, to be fruitful and multiply. And once again, just like Adam, Noah is now the father of all humanity. All children that shall come on the face of the earth shall now come back to Noah. As they did Adam before. It's like a restart button. But the laws are adjusted. In the new covenant, Noah is commanded by God to take retribution against anybody who commits murder. So before, there was no law that stated that an eye for an eye. If somebody kills, he shall be killed. But with Noah, it says, if anybody was to kill a human being, by a human being, he shall be killed. So if somebody murders, they must be murdered. And God grants Noah more than what he granted Adam. God tells Noah in the second covenant, he says to him, as I have given you before, meaning him and his forefathers and Adam in the first covenant, all greenery, all green things, all plants, fruits, vegetables, as food, I now give you every crawling creature. Every animal that walketh on the face of the earth as food. But he gives him stipulations. That he does not eat any animal that's still alive. He can't just cut off a live animal's leg or arm and, and eat it. He must sacrifice it first to God. And then after that he may eat from its flesh. And so it's, a, it's an amazing thing that, that takes place, really, if you think about it. And that is that Noah saves all these animals. And, and, and right after he gets off the ark, he's commanded to begin eating the animals. And one of the fascinating things why we highlight this story is that we're showing also that God's commandments were in a state of evolution. God's laws were changing. Adam was forbidden from the tree, now there's no tree, so there's no law or, or commandment towards Noah to, to stay away from the tree. Um, Adam was only given greenery, now Noah's giving greenery, and he's also given meat. Uh, Adam is forbidden from committing any murder. He's actually, the topic's not even brought up because it had never happened before. So there was no reason to uh, implement justice. But Noah now is, is given a swift commandment that if this ever was to take place again, that you must take vengeance and you must put to death those who are violent. And so Noah goes forth. And the book of Genesis states that he used to be a man of the land. He used to like to work with fruits. And he liked to work with vegetables. And he was a great farmer. And it states that he made wine. 
and one day he drank the wine until a point of drunkenness. And now remember, at this point, not in the law of Adam, not in the law of Noah, is anything about alcohol or drinking or getting drunk, none of that is forbidden. None of that is even addressed. And so the book of Genesis states that he began to drink. And it says, while he was passed out, one of his sons, Ham, uncovered his father's nakedness. Now, when you go to look at what does this mean, uncovered his father's nakedness, in the apparent uncovered his father's nakedness would make a person assume that, okay, it must be that Noah was passed out and his son came and took off his clothes, made him naked. Except that if you look in the Bible, If you look in the laws of Moses, if you look in the Torah, you find a law which states any man who sleeps with his father's wife must be put to death, for verily he has uncovered his father's nakedness. And so it becomes evidently clear that the phrase uncovered his father's nakedness is a euphemism, an expression which means he slept with his father's wife. There's no other way about it. And so the Bible says, the book of Genesis, Ham uncovered his father's nakedness, Noah, when he finds out about it, he's outraged, and he curses Canaan. Who's Canaan? Canaan, it says, is the son of Ham. Canaan is a word which means from Cain. Canaan, it states in the Bible that he is the son of Ham, but it also states he's the brother of Ham. And so Ham had informed his brothers who informed Noah that he had uncovered his father's nakedness, that Ham had fathered a child with his own mother, with the wife of Noah. And Noah was outraged about it. And so it became even more clear to Noah how, how great of a treacherous woman and a betrayal, a betrayer, she was. And he places his curse on Canaan, 
the offspring of this uh, unholy relationship. And the Bible goes on to make it clear that uh, Canaan fathers a lot of evil, evil people in history. He becomes the one who is the father of Pharaoh and the one who's the father of Nimrod. And he's the great ancestor of Sodom and Gomorrah. All of the evil nations and all the evil individuals, they trace back their lineage to Canaan, who had the curse of Noah upon him. And God blesses his other two children, especially Sam, and makes coming out of Shem or Sam all of the prophets and messengers and righteous ones. And he makes the other son, Yafith, dwell in the tents of Sam, be associated with him, be touched by the blessings of him, increase in number. He makes him a father of many nations. And so we find once again that the lineage of Cain manages to go forth in the new world through the mother and the grandson of Noah, the mother of Ham and the grandson of Noah. And they multiply. And they became great in number once again. And the truth was concealed. <laughs>